Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. It's my pleasure to welcome here Mike Wuttiger. He has an interesting background. He spent uh, quite a few years in the military and now he's in that agile space. So I was thinking we may talk about how it compares. What did you learn in military, which is actually applicable in an agile space? And how was your agile journey? Yeah, sure, sure. First, thank you for uh, for being here. Um, it's always a pleasure to uh, to to learn and, and and talk to other agilists. So, uh, but yeah. So my time in the military, I am um, uh, did fourteen years in the army, U.S. Army. Um, so got to see a lot of things with waterfall and you know understanding uh, some things how how agile works, right? And and seeing that that space. So um, yeah, I, I got a chance to 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 lead in those spaces, being 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 a person, not necessarily called a scrum master or product owner, but operating in those capacities, right? Um having having um a couple guys that that work for me, but I'm not necessarily in charge of them, right? Um just like a scrum master, sometimes you're in that role where it's the it's your job to to lead them, but they don't report to you. Um, so just having that experience, you know, for for a few years and learning how to lead without being in charge and and, and things like that. So uh, that's a little bit of my background. So that sounds like a servant leadership in practice. What was the most difficult when, uh, you know, you start applying this type of work? Yeah, great question. Um, is actually leading without being in charge, right? Learning how to be a servant leader to serve a bigger purpose than just my agenda. Um, learning how to, to to lead the people to to accomplish the mission, even though, um, I wasn't the guy that necessarily gave the directions for the mission, right? Um, and sometimes uh, their boss would have a different agenda for them, you know, because we have sometimes in those roles, we have a military boss and then we have a mission boss. So whichever one they thought took priority is where they would, you know, focus their efforts. Um, and then some people are more focused on the army side of things versus the the mission side of things. So having a ring, you know, rail people in and say, hey, look, Every aspect of your job is important. Um, let's get the mission taken care of, and you can do those other things at the same time. Uh, so that was probably the most difficult part, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Now, when did you learn about this agile? Like, what was your first experience? Yeah. Um. So I've, I heard about it uh, back when it was um, Lean Six Sigma, things like that. Um. So some years ago. Um, back when, you know, that was, that was first coming and, and then, you know, hear a little, oh, you know, agile as well and scrum. I'm like, oh, okay, what is that? So it was probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I heard about it. Um, and then being able to, to actually work in those spaces, uh, get a little bit of training, you know, from some guys that I knew that were in it, 
Um, and then officially get training, of course, years later, because the military, it's not a priority for them to to go outside of their own training piece. But yeah, so heard about it well within and, and you know, even tried to to do a little bit of things in the teams that I could control. Um, not necessarily having the top cover to say, yes, this is what we need to do. Um, let's go this route because it was so new and different for the military. So, uh, yeah, so some years. So how do you think your experience with the military and the way they work and the way you operated there could help the organizations on mm -hmm. their agile journey? There, there are some things that I learned while in the military um, um, about leadership. And that's big in, obviously, in my opinion, in the agile world, uh, being able to lead, lead folks. Um, so it was, you know, like seven different things that I, that I really focused on. Right. So the first one was competence, um, you know, being very, very um, have some knowledge about what we're doing. Does that make sense? Like very, very knowledgeable about what you're doing. Um, mutual trust, something that you need to build within your team. And obviously, when you're on a, on a scrum team or something like that, you really got to have that mutual trust so people can trust your your relationships, trust your, you know, what you're saying, that that you have the best interest at heart, um, shared understanding, being able to focus on the mission, um, understanding what each person's role is on that team, um, having the commander's intent, which is like the the goal of, of all things, right? So the military gave us that. Um, and then the mission orders, the the, the steps that we're going to actually use to carry out, you know, to, to to map out how we're going to do it, pulling the stories, this the order we're going to go in, and this is how we're going to do it. Um, going that route and then, um, the, you know, discipline initiative, right? So that right there to me is when we're in these spaces, we have to be, uh, take in enough initiative and be disciplined enough to come and say, hey, there's a problem here, right? And not being afraid to step up and say things when they're wrong or, you know, follow the rules that we set up as a team, right? Be, being very disciplined in those things. And the last one is, you know, risk acceptance, um, being able to say, hey, if we're not going to be able to do this, uh, we need to come up and say, hey, we're, you know, if you want us to move this priority to this, this is this is what's going to fall off. Right. So those things like that are really, really what helped me um, understand in this space um, how to how to move about. Yeah. So you're already from Army uh, some time, right? So what's your experience in the in the public sector, in, a, in a corporations uh, with Agile? Do you have some good stories from that? So, so I wish I, I don't have as much as um, as I would say, because I, most of my time was in the government still. Right. So, I, you know, I did 14 years and then I went as a contractor and stayed on the private in the government sector. Right. So I'm new to the whole, you know, so is the, the government really agile? And that's always the question. Right. How was the agility of the government? Yeah, yeah. So I think it depends on where you are. In most places, it's not. If I'm honest, all right. They're they're tr we're trying, right? Especially in software spaces, they they are trying. There's there's folks out there that are like, hey, this is the way we need to go. And every now and then, you get a, a leader that says, let's do it, right? And they'll go about it. Um, in a lot of uh, software spaces, they're they're moving towards that. Um, you don't see it as much in. Um, so I was in cyber. You don't see it as much in cyber in the cyber world. They're trying to get to that space, uh, but more it's focused on you know PMP things like that. So they try to bring in some aspects of of you know managing the mission in a different way uh, to get different results. Um, so yeah, that's this. In my opinion, they're not very agile, but they try. Right, some spaces try. I'll be honest. <laughs> wow, very nice, interesting. So currently, you work as an agile coach in organizations, right? Uh, so right now I'm, I'm I'm an SPC as well. So I'm mm -hmm. Scrum Master SPC. So we deal with Safe and and um, and um, Scrum, 
the mm -hmm. same time. So mm -hmm. um, I'm working as a, as a SBC, as a consultant, doing mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're always open to, to any opportunity mm -hmm. that we can, right? So looking to, to be able to help people, um, however, and move the mission forward. I, I love working with teams. I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a people person, so I love dealing with the the interactions of of each other and learning the nuances of people's thinking and why they love certain things and you know what makes them tick. So that's really really cool to me. Um, so I love that part. So so far, what is the most successful story you can share with us? Um. So so honestly, I could say this this current one, right? Uh, the 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 transformation of moving a very very waterfall <laughs> a group um and and afraid and not really open in communication they don't want to put anybody under the bus everybody has a leadership title there's supervisors directors managers you know moving that their, their mentality to more open to you know hey let's do this thing to where we can we're working as a team um and open with with communication right and being able to see it from the top down and not just the bottom up Right. So some some of the people have done it, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys can do it. It, it matters for y'all. And, you know, it's kind of comes comes from the bottom up. But here it's been a top down transformation, which is really cool. So what's your biggest obstacle in there? Um, Thinking, right. Changing, uh, changing thinking. And I heard somebody say uh, that you can't change a person, but you can get them to life changing events. So getting them to, to the training that we do where people can see how, how effective, you know, the switch is, see uh, the results of, of changing to a more agile um, organization um, is really, really, really what gets people going. So not necessarily changing their thinking, but opening up their mind and putting them in spaces where they can see the change and want to do it. All right. So that's been the biggest obstacle, in my opinion. And uh, if you look into the future, like, uh, I don't know, five years from now, where do you see this organization? What will be the shift? What will be the difference? Yeah. Um. So I think uh, this is the groundwork for it right now, right? Um. I think the next six months are going to make a huge difference in their um in their ability to to be able to transform. So I can see them. You know, growing new leaders and bringing in people, allowing folks to come in. So this is one of the organizations that people join after college and they stay there literally their entire career. Right. So that change is so tough. And so um, it's not a place that people like to be because people are like, oh, man, I'm losing something if I'm changing here. This is what I'm used to doing. So I can see, man, in the next five years, they'll just thrive. Um, greatly and, and be able to come in and, and use some new skills um, and see them flourishing and, and be in the, the business that they're looking to be. Nice, nice. So um, how big is that organization? Um, so I, I, I say about 250 people or more. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, those are nice environments, right? Those are changing pretty smoothly. Right. So right. looking at the uh, business outcomes, what do you expect will change for them? Or why do they even start this change? What's the, what's the intent behind it? Yeah. So they're looking to make one of their, their primary clients happy, right? Change their mentality. Uh, they struggle with um, objectives. They struggle with understanding, you know, getting the, the full mission um, accomplishments, right? So when things change, they're like, hey, why are we changing them? Or they try to make changes. It's not really there, right? So, um, and they, they don't have a clear communication pipeline. 
right? Based on what, what, what's expected. Um, and then they have several um, communication channels and, and ways that they do things, right? So too many platforms, right? Um, where, <laughs> where they're struggling to, to, to make, make things work. Um, using too many different systems, too many, you know, there's one requires this, another one requires that. They don't talk at all. So there's a lot of manual input. Things get lost in the system. Um, some happen, some change requests come through email, some through a phone call, some through a text message, right? So it's really, really all over the place and trying to get to that central point where we can all be aligned. So I think alignment is the, is the biggest, biggest downfall, right, for them. Yeah. So they're trying to just get aligned. Alignment is always hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what was the most difficult for you to switch like uh, to this role, helping organizations to transform? So what did you need to learn? Yeah. So for me, it's it's um, the difference between consulting, coaching, and mentoring. Understanding when to apply which one, right? Um, and And, you know, it's always... There's always a fine line between them and knowing when to be the consultant and say, hey, here's a recommendation. And then knowing when to be the coach and say, hey, here's what you need to do. Right. Um, and then finding the right the right people that that want to be mentored, because, of course, we don't want to just uh, you don't want to waste your time on folks that's not looking to change or don't want to be a part of that. All right. So so finding that difference. So for me, that's really the tough part, because I want to help everybody and not everybody wants to be helped. Right. So finding that difference. Um, and then not knowing that I can't help everybody, right? Um, it, it's nearly impossible to answer every question, answer every problem, find a solution for everything. But we can place people on the right path for them to get to that that place. So, yeah. So in your mind, if you're going to be successful, right, and everything goes really well, how that success looks like? Success to me looks like a change for the organization, right? Um, uh, I don't believe that a transformation ever ends. I think it's just ongoing because it's continuous learning, right? Um, success for me is the organization reaching out for more training, right? Continue, continuing to train their people because we know that uh, you always got to train, right? And they, we've even interviewed some and they say, hey, we haven't been trained in a couple of years. We did a little bit, like two or three years. So meaning, you know, now we're not continuously learning. That's why, you know, as we look at certifications, continuing education is required in order to keep this, that, that certification. So same thing here. I think that's success for me. So them reaching back out and saying, hey, man, we appreciate you guys. We've done, you know, implementing what you said. We've had more success here. Uh, the, cl the client and customers are way happier, right? We're able to, to uh, matter of fact, instead of just being this one business unit, we've We've looked at transitioning our whole, you know, the whole company as a whole instead of just one piece, right? Because it had so much success. So that's what it looks like for me. And then them not needing us because I don't necessarily want, we don't want to be there forever, right? Um, we're not here to spoonful, spoon feed them and, and keep them on a leash, but obviously empower them for them to be able to do it themselves. So, yeah. Now, what motivates you going there every, I don't know, day or week or whatever is your cadence and mm -hmm. teaching those people all over again and again and fighting with that resistance, right, et cetera? What motivates you? What keeps you going? Um, so really, it's about um, 
helping people, to be honest, right? Um, I'm just, I'm that guy. I love to help people. I love to see success in others. Um, and then you can, and my view of people is not the same, right? So when people are negative or say that they can't do it, I don't, I don't view that as a bad thing. I view that as them saying, I want to, but here's my barriers that I can't get past. So it just motivates me like, oh, now I know where, where you struggle at. Let's help you get rid of those barriers so we can get you to the right, right path. So um, that's motivation for me. Right. Um, in, in, in honesty. Um, so just loving the fact that somebody can communicate some some difficult things because I believe I can I do tough things. I love to do tough things, right? Um, and to get past people's, you know, own mindsets is is huge. Um, and being able to change that, help them change their mindset, right? See the see the value in in creating something different and better, right? Just because you know, successful in the past doesn't mean it was bad, but it might be, you know, we got to change for the future. We don't want to be irrelevant because we're still doing it the way we did it 40 years ago. So let's now look into the future. What do you think Agile would look like um, 10 years from now? Wow, it's a great question. Um, and I don't even know if I've even thought about it that far out, right? <laughs> so um, what would Agile look like? 10 years from now, um, I, I think it would be, so I think it's kind of there now, but not focused just on software, right? Um, being able to get it to everybody. And when we know it can, right? There's agile for non-software teams, right? So be able to, to get that to to a, a level of, of where everybody can just grasp it and then go, um, be able to, you know, not necessarily off the shelf because it's not an off the shelf type thing um, anyway, but be able to apply it in every situation and not just focused on software. I know software was the beginning, uh, but being able to do that for, for everything. Yeah, that's what I would say. All right. If you have um, three things you want people to remember, what those three would be? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so the first one I would say is uh, leading without being in charge, right? This is my favorite thing uh, because of my time in the military. Um, I, at some points, I was the guy in charge. and other points, I was the guy not in charge, right? Um, understanding how to motivate people um, and, and understanding that a, a title is not necessary. It doesn't make you a leader. What makes you a leader is your influence, right? And then the intent behind your influence. So if you had the, the, right, the right intent, right, and you're able to influence others, uh, you're able to do anything, right? And in those situations, when you're leading without being in charge, I like to think of it, it matter of fact, it was the quote of the day for me. Um, egg in boiling water gets hard, but a potato in boiling water gets soft, right? So, you know, you, you need to dictate your environment. Don't let your environment dictate you. And when you're leading without being in charge, I'm not allowing my non, uh, me not having a title to dictate, dictate whether or not I lead the people that I have influence over. All right, so stay there um, in those moments, right? Push through it and then just, just use that motivation to, to get you to, to accomplish the mission is the first one. The next one I would say is communication. Everything is about communication, right? Um, you tell me a team that, show me a team that communicates well and often and I'll show you a high-performing team, right? I'll show you a team that's that's doing things and that's in every area of life, right? Not just, not just here, um, I'm a big proponent that these things, these principles that we learn, we can apply them in every relationship, 
that we we come across, right? Whether it's business or home or personal, whatever that is, right? So being able to communicate effectively and clearly is huge. Um, take the emotions out of it and and hear the the heart of the person, and we do that by relationship, right? And 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 understanding that we're all here for a purpose, and that our ultimate goal is not to offend or hurt anybody, but to accomplish the mission. Um, so that that's number two. And then the last one is discipline. You can't do anything without discipline, right? Um, be be very disciplined. To me, discipline is giving yourself an order and carrying it out. And every day that we choose not to be disciplined in our in this field is a day that we're choosing to be further away from our end goal, right? Um, so stay disciplined to to your craft, to understanding what you're doing um, as a person. Stay disciplined to care to communicating. Stay disciplined to accomplishing the mission, uh, to applying the values, whether it's Scrum, uh, Safe, whatever it is, or whatever principle that you're your you know framework that you're utilizing. Stay disciplined to that. Um, not necessarily saying follow it to the T, but do what works for your team and what your what your team is saying do, right? Um, having the meetings, even if the scrum master isn't there, right? Communicating uh, the impediments right away, early and often, right? Getting that feedback, all of those things, you got to stay disciplined when it comes to this. Uh, so those are the things that I would leave with people. Uh, that those are my top three, the things that I, I get excited about. Well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure to have you here. Thank you too. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shakova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A dot com Thank you for listening.